it's, it's really great to be back with you this week. Uh, we were gone last week as part of fall break. Um, my family and I got to have a, a week away, and we had a great time. I, I was so grateful uh, to, to Pastor Lee for preaching last week and sharing such a powerful word about prayer uh, with us. I hope you were able to, to be here last week and, and experience that or, or maybe watch online. If you haven't, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. It was a fantastic sermon and really ministered to me and, and to my family as we were headed down the road to where we were going. Uh, I was driving, so I was listening, but they were watching the service, and, and uh, it, was, it was very powerful. So, um, so I just wanted to share that with you. I wanted to tell you, you know, as much fun as we have together as, as a family, uh, when, when Abby and the kids and I have an opportunity to get away, and as important as it is for us to do that, uh, we always find ourselves missing our fellowship family, especially on uh, on Sunday mornings. Uh, so we were thankful that we got to be with you online. And, and one of the things, too, it just always seems like uh, when, when we go away that God always seems to bless that time uh, that we get to share together. And, and it seems like God always teaches me something that, that I'm excited to come back and, and share with you. And, uh, and so I've got I've got something to share with you today, something that uh, I feel like the Lord uh, shared with me in, in a powerful way, and, and it was in a most unlikely place. Uh, it was in the middle of bumper-to-bumper of -bumper traffic on the way to where we were going. Now, normally we would think that that is a God-forsaken place, right? <laughs> uh, but we really felt God's presence uh, in that place, and I want to tell you about it a little bit this morning. So, uh, so last week on Saturday... Uh, we loaded up the car and we were ready to go right after Leo had a soccer game. And so we had everything ready. And so as soon as the soccer game was over, uh, we, we hopped in the car and we were headed to the happiest place on earth. Do you know where that is? Disney World. Do you know that? They call it the happiest place on earth. So we were so excited, um, but we, had, we hadn't even gotten as far as Chattanooga and our excitement turned to exasperation uh, because... Uh, it was there that we sat for two hours in almost standstill traffic between Chattanooga and, and Atlanta. And as we sat there, uh, I mean, just, we, I just saw it coming. It was so, the, the interstate was so crowded, but it just got more and more crowded, and our speed started to reduce all the way down to a crawl until finally, right outside of Atlanta, uh, it basically became a parking lot, right? And so my heart and mind and soul were not in a good place and uh, as, but as I was sitting there, I, I just somewhere deep inside of me, I, I, I just felt like um, I heard this voice whisper to me. And it wasn't an audible voice. Again, it was just something kind of like, like speaking to my heart. I heard these words, look around. And so, so that's what I did. I looked around. And all I saw was cars, rows and rows of cars, as far as the eye could see, in front of me, behind me, beside me, the, you know, the big trucks coming by, and you could smell the fumes, and it just like, it didn't help at all, so I was like, I don't know what that was about, right? Um, it wasn't better, it was actually worse, and uh, as time went on, I started to get hangrier and hangrier and hangrier. We were supposed to eat dinner in Atlanta, and it was going to be a long time before we got there, and then I was looking at the dashboard, and, and on the GPS... Uh, that little place where it tells you, you know, your estimated time of arrival kept getting later and later and later. And so I started to get more frustrated and more frustrated. Uh, and that's when I heard that little whisper again. And this time, it didn't say look around. It said, look closer. And so that's when it hit me. 
And so instead of looking around and scanning the situation that was going on outside of the car, outside of my control, I decided to, to look around and I started scanning the seats inside our little car. And I, as I looked around, not at what was happening around me, but, but who was with me, uh, that's when it hit me. That's when, when it was kind of a game changer for me. As I was focused on those, those faces of, of the people uh, that were with me in the car, I was reminded of the power of, of presence. Uh, even in the midst of those less than ideal circumstances, there was no place I'd rather be. Uh, somehow in that gridlocked stretch of interstate outside of Atlanta, it became holy ground and that crowded little car became the happiest place on earth for me as I began to give thanks to God for my family, for the people that God had placed in my life. And I was reminded once again of the power of presence. That, that's, that's what I want to talk about today. As I was in that moment, I, I had the thought, that'll preach. And, and so that's what I want to do today. I want us to, to think about the power of presence. Uh, I think maybe you'll agree with me. Uh, so many times I get so caught up in the what and the how and the when that, that I lose sight of the who. Am I the only one? Can you guys relate to that? Do you ever get so caught up with all the things going on around you that you forget uh, the people that are there with you? Uh, the good news is we worship and serve a God whose focus is always on the who. Uh, and the beautiful thing is that when we focus on the who, when we focus on God's presence in our life, then we know that God is going to take care of the how and the when and the where. And so we can trust him and, and it changes things for us. It, it allows us to see our circumstances and our situations in a different light uh, because we're focused not on, on those. We're focused on the God who is with us and for us and who is working in and through and around us for our good and for his glory, which is our greatest good. Does that make sense? So, so that's what God reminded me of on the interstate between Chattanooga and Atlanta. <laughs> and that's what I want to talk about today. I think it's an important part of this conversation that we've been having uh, about God's vision for our lives and, and for our life together. As I mentioned earlier, we're, we're in week three of this series called Fellowship Forward. Uh, it's, a, it's a conversation about vision, God's vision for us, who we are and, and who God's calling us to be, how God is moving us forward in, in our relationship with God and others. And, and there's this phrase that, that God has laid on my heart that I wanted to share with you. I shared it a few weeks ago. I want to read it again. Uh, but I truly believe this. I believe that the church is the flame that burns with God's vision so that the world can see God's powers through these sparks of, of sharing life together. Uh, I shared a few weeks ago about this conference that the staff and I went to called the New Room Conference, put on by my friend J.D. Walt. And, and it just so happened that the, the theme of the conference was how to start a fire. And it was all about uh, awakening and, and revival and um, just renewal. And the image that came to mind for me as, as at the end of the conference when the staff and I were praying together was this image of of a burning bush, and my prayer became that God would, would make fellowship 
a burning bush, uh, a place that was on fire but not consumed, uh, ablaze with the presence of God in such a way that people around would be drawn to us, but not really to us, that they would be drawn into the very presence of God. And in the presence of God, just like Moses, that, that we might all experience the power of God. We might hear the promises of God. We might re receive the proclamation of God to go with the provision of God to the people that God has called us to go to and to be the people that God is calling us to be. Isn't that a vision worth getting excited about? It is for me. And I hope it is for you. It, for me, it's really a continuation of the vision that God has always had for us as the people of God, as a fellowship family. It's the vision that we've been leaning into over the last few years as we talked about sharing life together in Christ as an expression of that vision. That, that picture that we find in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 that says, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very lives as well. We've talked about how for that kind of revival, that kind of awakening and growth to happen in our church, it has to happen first in our hearts. And so we're, we're praying for God to, to start a fire here before he starts a fire out there. So that's what this series is all about. We're, we're talking about what that looks like. And, and one of the ways that we're organizing that, we're separating out these weeks, is we're talking about it in terms of these, these vows that we take as um, when we decide to be a part of the fellowship family. And when someone decides to be a member of our fellowship family, I ask them uh, if they promise to share life together in Christ and, and they promise to share with this community of faith five things, prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. And, and so for the next few weeks, we're gonna look at each one of those individually because I truly believe these are vital components that God uses to start a fire in our lives and in our life together. Um, last week, Pastor Lee talked about prayer, and this week I wanna talk about presence. Uh, but, but with each one of these, I wanna remind you that, that it's God that starts the fire, not us. We're simply the burning bush that's, that's on fire with, with the fire of God, but that we are not consumed. I love what Lee said last week about prayer. He says, we build the altar, but God brings the fire. And so just like prayer builds the altar in our hearts and minds, uh, this week as we talk about presence, what I want you to realize is that presence uh, gathers the wood, gathers God's people together in one place or one purpose. But again, it is God's presence that starts the fire. Uh, but our gathering together in Jesus' name matters. In fact, my catchy little phrase that I want to share, it's not as good as Pastor Lee's, but I think it'll move us along this week, is this as we talk about presence, as we gather in Jesus' name. I believe that gathering is like gasoline for the fire of God's presence. And what I mean by that is that when we come together, something happens uh, that doesn't happen when we're not together. There's something happens when God's people gather together in one place for one purpose and we acknowledge God's presence among us. Something powerful happens, something changes in us. And the reason why is because we worship and serve a God who has always made presence a priority. In fact, 
God's presence with God's people is part of God's original intent for all creation. Uh, one of my favorite professors in seminary, Dr. Sandra Richter, uh, she's written a book called The Epic of Eden. And in it, she talks about God's original intent for creation is this. She says, it's the people of God in the place of God enjoying the presence of God. Uh, that's what was going on in the, in the Garden of Eden when, when God created this place for God's presence with God's people. And, and we know the story, right? How sin entered the, and, and, we, and Adam and Eve were, were removed from the presence of God. They were sent out of the Garden of Eden. And so uh, Professor Richter, Dr. Richter says that, that the whole story of the Bible, in fact, the whole story of, of what she calls salvation history is about getting the people of God back into the place of God where they can enjoy and experience the presence of God forever. And so, so God does this through uh, what we know as this word called redemption. Uh, in, in the Bible, the word redemption basically means to, to buy back. Um, the image that they use is, is someone who had been sold into slavery. They, they purchase their freedom. They buy them back. They're, they've been redeemed. And so that's what God did for us. That's why Paul talks about us being slaves to sin and death, being, being redeemed by Christ and what he did for us. And so the way that God restores us to his original intent is, is this redemption that results in new creation. He does this through his son. And, and we, we know through the gospels that Jesus's name was Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. See, it's all about God's presence. In fact, Jesus God with us came to be with us, even in our, our sin, so that we could be with him for all eternity. That's, what, that's the good news of God's grace. That's, that's God's story in the Bible, and it's, it's our story as well. It's a story that began in the garden where God's people were enjoying God's presence. And then if you go all the way to the book of, of from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, we find uh, the new heaven and the new earth where God's new creation is enjoying God's presence. And then at the very center of that story, we have another garden. We have the Garden of Gethsemane where, where Christ once and for all made a way for the people of God to come to the place of God and enjoy the presence of God now and forever. That's the good news of God's grace that's ours in Jesus Christ. Amen? Still with me? All right. So this is the story, and, and, and it's a story of God wanting to be present with his creation, with his people. And we see this playing out over and over again. We, we run, and, and God rescues and redeems. We, we hide, and God seeks. We, we strive, and we strain, but God comes to supply our every need. God's priority is God's presence with God's people, and God is willing to go to great lengths to reunite us with him, to reconnect us. Sin separates, but God, God brings us back together. We, we isolate ourselves with, with addictions and with accomplishments, and, and God pursues and God provides, and what God provides is, is his presence. It's what we long for, whether we realize it or not. We try to fill it with so many other things, but it's God's presence that makes a difference. There's no place I'd rather be 
and in God's presence. But sometimes I forget that. And I think sometimes we forget that in the church. I think that one of the many mistakes that we've made as the church of Jesus Christ is that we have replaced that wonder of presence with, with the work of production. Does that make sense? In other words, we've, we've prioritized production over presence. We've put a lot of time and resources into perfecting our product instead of simply providing a place for people to enjoy the presence of God and the presence of, of others, God's people, the family of faith. In some ways, I think we've become more like the cult, our culture than, than the church that Christ created. And, and I think that needs to change. The world pushes and prods us to produce more and more, but Christ simply calls us to come to him and enjoy his presence. The world is all about results, but, but God is all about relationships. And so that's what we need to be all about as well. In fact, the irony of it is that the irony of God's presence is that it's within the context of that relationship that our lives actually begin to produce. Uh, but what it produces is not a product, it produces fruit, right? God talks about that in the Bible, fruit that lasts. That's what Jesus calls us when we'll just spend time with him. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing, but, but in me, you will bear much fruit, fruit that lasts. But guess what? Fruit doesn't doesn't make itself grow, right? We don't see apples and, and oranges and all these other things just trying really hard to, to, to make themselves, right? They just stay connected to the vine, and, and from there, they grow. So if you think about it, the church really should look less like a factory and, and more like a forest, right, <laughs> with these trees that, that bear fruit. God wants to grow us into fruit bearers for the nourishment of those around us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and that's what happens when, when we gather in one place for one purpose, when we gather as God's people, when we're present uh, and we acknowledge the presence of God. There's examples of this throughout Scripture. I could, I could read a bunch of them, but I just wanted to share a couple this morning. Uh, Jesus says in Matthew, Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything, it will be done by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. This is the power of presence. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost came, all the believers were gathered together in one place. Then suddenly there was a noise from the sky which sounded like a strong wind blowing and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what looked like tongues of fire which spread out and touched each person there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to talk in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. That's the power of of presence. See, the Holy Spirit moves in ways that are beyond our comprehension. They exceed all our expectations, but they are not contingent on our production. They're contingent on, on the presence, on us making ourselves available, us gathering in Jesus' name to acknowledge the power of God's presence. See, gathering is like gasoline for the fire of God's presence. And God's God's presence always points to God's promises. I could give you a bunch of examples of those too, but let me just give you a couple. In Genesis, God says, I am with you and I will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. I won't leave you until I've done what I've promised you. Isaiah 43, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. 
Moses in the burning bush. The story that we, we read a couple weeks ago is a powerful example of this, of how God's presence is the foundation for all of God's promises. You remember that story between Moses, this back and forth between Moses and God? God says to Moses, go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it's I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. I'm not going to read the whole story this morning, but if you go back and read it, it's this back and forth where, where, where Moses wants to know the what, and he wants to know the how, and he wants to know the when, and he wants to know all these different things, and God keeps telling him the who. He says, I am who I am, and I will be with you. That's all you need to know, Moses. But sometimes Moses gets a, gets a bad rap, doesn't he? Kind of arguing with God, but but if we're honest, haven't, haven't we had conversations like that with God? We, we can't fault Moses too much. If, if I'm really honest, there have been plenty of conversations I've had with God where I wanted to know the what and I wanted to know the how and I wanted to know the when. But it seemed like God was just more concerned with the who. And, and, and that's frustrating sometimes, isn't it? But, but sometimes we look back and we can see how that's really the most important thing. I can tell you a thousand times that I've asked God a thousand questions about how, how it's going to work. And God simply and lovingly reminds me of who he is. How many of you can relate to this conversation? Just a back and forth between me and God. I say, God, what am I going to do? And God says, I'm with you. I say, yeah, but, but how is it going to happen? Like, what are the steps, right? And God says, I'm with you. What about this one? Sometimes I say, God, I, what if I don't have what it takes? God says, I'm with you. Okay, God, but how much is it going to cost? <laughs> That's one I, I find myself asking sometimes. And God simply says, I'm with you. God doesn't answer the question we want answered all the time. Sometimes he answers the question that, that we need answered the most. Doesn't mean that God doesn't care about the details. Doesn't mean that there aren't things that we're going to have to do, steps along the way. But, but here's the thing. Once the who question is settled, everything else is secondary. Everything else falls into place. I truly believe that that if we truly believe that God is with us, that God is who God says he is, and that God is going to give us everything we need to do what God is calling us to do, then everything else is secondary. I truly believe that if we can proclaim those words of faith in the face of any situation and circumstance, if we can truly believe that God is with us and God is for us and God is working in and through and around us, then we can truly say those words that we've been singing uh, at the end of the service. There's no place I'd rather be than here in your love. Here in your love. You remember that? No place I'd rather be than here in your love. Here in your love. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. 
I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. See, that's what we really want. That's what we really need. We we might think it's these things that that we want that are out there. But what we really want, what we really need is right here. We need a relationship with God that that transforms all of our other relationships, that transforms our perspective on all of our circumstances, that that transforms us in such a way that we become agents of God's transformation. See, that's the other thing. When we truly experience the power of God's presence in our lives and in our life together, then our presence becomes a powerful demonstration of God's presence. And, and our presence has the power to transform lives and relationships, not, not because of who we are or what we do, but because of who God is and what God does through us. Are you with me? When we, and when we gather together in Jesus' name, it's like, it's like gathering wood and watching and waiting for God to start a fire. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, let us not, let us not give up meeting together. Let's, let's consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Brothers and sisters in Christ, never underestimate the power of God's presence in our lives and never underestimate the power of your presence in our life together. As we gather in Jesus' name. Gathering is the gasoline for the fire of God's presence. God will never start a fire in our lives and our life together unless we are willing to gather the wood in Jesus' name. And the wood is you and me and those around us who need to hear and experience the presence of God. I want to leave you with this story. Uh, I read it on Facebook a couple weeks ago. There are a couple of our members that posted this. And, and when I read it, I thought about today's message. And I, and I immediately thought that'll preach. So, so I want you to hear this story. A member of, of a church who had previously been attending services regularly stopped going. After a few weeks, the pastor decided to visit him. It was a chilly evening, and the pastor found the man at home alone sitting before a blazing fire. Guessing the reason for the pastor's visit, the man welcomed him in and led him to a comfortable chair near the fireplace, and there they sat. The pastor made himself at home but said nothing. In the silence, he contemplated the dance of the flames around the burning logs in the fireplace. After some time, the pastor took the fire tongs, carefully picked up a brightly burning ember and placed it on the side of the hearth, all alone. Then he sat back down in his chair and sat silently. The host watched as one lone ember's flame flickered and diminished. There was a momentary glow and then its fire was no more. Soon it was cold and dead. Not a word had been spoken between the two since their initial greeting. The pastor glanced at his watch and realized it was time to leave. So he slowly stood up, picked up the cold, dead ember and placed it back in the middle of the fire. Immediately it began to glow once more with the light and warmth of the burning coals around it. As the pastor reached the door to leave, the host said with a tear running down his cheek, thank you so much for your visit and especially for the fiery sermon. I'll be back in church next Sunday. The little email that, that I read 
at the bottom it said this. It said, what is most valuable is not what we have in our lives, but who we have in our lives. In other words, we need each other. We need, we need community. We need this thing that, that we call church where we gather together as God's people in Jesus' name. This, is a, this was a shining example of the power of presence, God's presence in our lives and our presence in our life together. So, so friends, never underestimate the power of the people of God gathered in the place of God, enjoying the presence of God. Amen? You know, many of us here know all too well what it feels like to be one of those embers for the embers of our faith to be separated from the flame of a faith community. In fact, I was reflecting on the last couple of years that we've had and, and we've experienced that chill, that darkness of not being able to gather in person like we had before. And, and I know that there are still some who, who still have not made it back in person. But whether you're online or whether you're here, I, I think now more than ever, People are longing to experience the power of presence, don't you think? People want to know that they're not alone and, and, and we're longing for relationships with God and, and with others. So I believe that now more than ever, it is the time for the people of God to proclaim the power of the presence of God and the power of, of community as we gather in Jesus' name and we invite others into that relationship. My prayer for us as a fellowship family is that we would be a place where people experience God's presence, that we would be a burning bush for those around us. And so I'm going to continue to pray that, and I want to invite you to pray that with me. Um, as the worship team comes up and, and leads us in one more song, I want to invite you to pray for that right now, uh, that we would be a place where, where we can gather the wood for God to start a fire right here, right now, not just for our sake, but for the sake of those around us. So the question I wanna leave you with is this, how are you gonna gather the wood this week? How are we gonna gather the wood this week for God to start that fire? If you're here this morning, whether you're here online or in person, you're already doing it. Your presence is an important part of this process. But maybe the next step is for you to, to point others to God's presence. See, the presence isn't a place, it's a people, right? It's a people gathered in the name of a person, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, God with us. We gather in his name and then we scatter to spread his good news to those around us. That's how the fire spreads. We'll talk more about that next week. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your presence with us, God, that you love us so much. You meet us right where we are and you love us. And yet you invite us to follow you into new, high, into new places, Lord, to share your love with others. Lord, I thank you for the gift of your presence in our lives and the gift of, of, of community where we get to share that presence with others, where, where our presence makes a difference in the lives of others. Lord, I pray that you would continue to, to start that fire on the altar of our hearts that you would continue to, to kindle that fire in community and that you would continue to, to spread that fire to those around us, those who need to be warmed by the glow of your presence. 
those hearts and minds, Lord, that feel lonely, that feel lost. Would you start a fire in our souls that that we can't contain and that we can't control? Lord, would, would you kindle that desire for more of you in our lives and in our life together? God, would you be so present in our lives that we would truly say there is no place we would rather be than here in your love. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Altars are open if you'd like to come and pray. I want to encourage you to do that for yourself or maybe for someone else. If you want somebody to pray with you, I would love to do that. If you want uh, somebody here to pray with you, Grab them and come up here to the front. Uh, The altar is open. Uh, And whatever way God is calling you to, I invite you to, uh, to lean into that and to respond today. Let's stand as we sing.